Welcome to Welcome to the Hallwall Manor. I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And we're here to discuss Season 4, Episode 9 of Charmed. Muse to my ears. You know what this episode really reminds me of? I want to say it's a 30 Rock joke, but I can't swear to it. Yeah. There's a bit where someone's like, do I look okay? And someone else says, okay is exactly how you look. That is Siri to Liz Lemon. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's... Siri, Siri. Yeah, yeah, yes. That's exactly how you look. Yeah, that's sort of this episode. It's... Fine. It's fine. We're falling into the rhythm of Later Charmed. This is a very cookie-cutter, post-Prue episode of Charmed. Oh, absolutely. I felt like we've seen this episode done already a hundred times. Wait, really? I, I think this is one of the first of... This sort of, I mean, we we have seen stuff like this, the Cupid thing. Oh, wait. Has the Nymphs episode happened yet? No, that's not going to happen. Oh, yet. see, this is because we were watching I, Later so- Charmed. You threw me off. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Charmed, Later Charmed has become my background show, so we have been watching a lot of Later Charmed. Yeah, this is basically the Nymphs episode. Yeah, it really is. But that's really more when they're into their thing. You'll notice none of the girls becomes amused in this episode, which I was just waiting for, and then it didn't happen. But... Hey, they couldn't have had any of the Charmed ones become muses because the muses are actual named goddesses like they are actual mythological figures with their own portfolio their own backstory their own personalities and it's definitely reflected in this episode of charmed oh i thought you were doing a thing at the episode where leo and piper get possessed by shakti and shiva Oh, God. Because that's going to be a whole thing we are graphically not qualified to talk about. No, no, I guess I guess it's fine, whatever. Greek mythology is basically... I'm okay with the muses just being a job, like White Lighter or Cupid or whatever. Or Cupid, yeah, Cupid. Cupid's yeah, you're right, good. Cupid's... Okay, okay. Or later in the show, Guardian Angels, which are a separate thing from White Lighters and Leprechauns, even though... It kind of seems like Guardian Angel's whole gig is luck-based. Oh, don't. Don't even. Why do we have Guardian Angels and White Lighters? Don't even get me started. Hmm. But I hate this title. Muse to my ears. It only looks good in writing. It doesn't sound right. It's not a pun when you say it out loud. It's barely wordplay. It's barely wordplay. But this episode is fine. The episode is fine. It's fine. It's... It's what you get when you've got to fill 22 episodes. And you know what? They're, they're worse episodes. They're better episodes. But So what happened last episode was that Cole proposed to Phoebe and she was all like, um, let me think about it. And also then he lost his powers. Yes. Cole is now 100% human. He has been stripped of his demonosity, his demoness, uh-huh. his vast demoness. And, oh dear, actually, ugh. I was actually... Va- I'm sorry, Vass Dimoness. I I messed that up on a few levels. Just gross, horrible joke there. But I'm leaving it in. You need to know what I did. <laughs> Cole is no longer half demon, half human. He's all human now. We never have to worry about Cole being a demon ever again. Phoebe wants to, like, jump his bones now. Yeah, it's weird that Phoebe's more attracted to him now that he's not a part demon i mean i guess well that's my thing right i guess for some people it would be more attractive to have a boyfriend who can't turn into a seven foot tall muscle bound pointy eared sharp teeth i guess life is a rich tapestry i guess it takes all kinds and different strokes for different folks ah i see what you did there yeah yeah the point is if I was Cole, I would be really scared to have sex with Phoebe right now. Why? I would be really worried. Would you be afraid that you wouldn't be able to maintain an erection because you're not half demon anymore? No. I, I mean, I guess it's related to that. I wouldn't be particularly concerned about maintaining an erection. But I would be concerned that Phoebe would not be as satisfied. And then she would realize that it was the demon that she loved. And now the demon is gone. Yeah. That feels like a valid fear. It's not really a thing for, I mean... Not to go immediately to the Buffy well. Okay. 
But you remember Spike's little talk with Riley about how Buffy needs a little monster in her man? Absolutely. I really feel like that could be a thing with Phoebe, but it's kind of not. Given, given that Phoebe's main love interest through the course of the show is Cole. Mm-hmm. And her second best romance... Uh, I'm I'm going to put this out there just because I love his episode so much. I'm sure in the Charmed canon, he's not up there with her great loves, but is Drake, who is also a demon. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like you could do a thing with Phoebe needing a little bit of evil in her man. Of her arguably actual second long-term love interest is, uh, I want to say Jason something, the guy who buys her newspaper. And he, he's a billionaire. That's basically a demon, right? Yeah, right? I feel like we... Granted, it will come up with the whole Phoebe is the queen of hell thing. But I feel like they really dropped the whole there is an evil part of Phoebe. There is a part of Phoebe that is drawn to the darkness. That was a really big part of early Charmed. And it kind of feels like it's been dropped. I wonder what that is. I wonder if they were worried that... I'm sorry, I was going to say something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they would be worried that if they kept bringing up the same thing with Phoebe, they would feel like they had to follow through on it. Oh Why would I even God. say that? That's a ridiculous thing to say. And The thing is, it does play out. She becomes the queen of hell eventually, but like... I mean, yeah. Early seasons, they she was the only one in the house who was born over the Nexus... She's always been, you know, more susceptible to possession. She had the evil past life. Like, they've really played up a lot Phoebe having the propensity towards darkness. And you'd think with her relationship with Cole, that would have been delved into more. That, you know, she was his entry point into the Charmed Ones because she has a darkness the other two didn't have. But it kind of doesn't get play. Yeah. Yeah. I mean... You remember in the reality show episode where she absorbs the powers from all of the demons and then goes on a, like, anti-demon killing spree and it's just not a big deal? Like, she's just like, what? Like, it's nice to have powers again, but, uh, whatever. Stab me with this magical knife, Paige. Wah, 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 wah. So, Cole is worried about Phoebe sending off her sister so that the two of them could bone because... He doesn't have powers, and Phoebe's powers might not be enough to protect them if the house gets attacked. He doesn't say that. He actually says, I can't protect you if there's an attack. Yeah, which... I know that Charmed is a feminist show, uh-huh. in, in theory, if not always in practice. But the fact of the matter is that Cole has been doing a lot of rescuing of Phoebe as of recent, so... Yeah, well, it's a subversion of Buffy where the woman got to rescue the man. <laughs> They're subverting Buffy, now the man's rescuing. But, like, Cole was a heavy hitter, and it is honestly a pretty big loss to the Charmed Ones arsenal that they don't have a guy who's capable of going toe-to-toe with the source. Yeah, I think that might come back and uh, bite them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but Cole's feeling emasculated, quite possibly in multiple ways at once, and Phoebe's like, it's fine, whatever, I'm a charmed one. He also keeps going on and on to Phoebe about how, now that the source has been shown to be weak, everybody's going to be rising up to fight the source, there's going to be a whole thing. Oh god, we hear about factions so much in this episode, he's like, factions are gathering against the source, and she's like, mm-hmm, factions are gathering against the source, bone me! Also, there's a kind of cute bit where uh, she's been making a roast and he tries to pull it out of the oven with his bare hands because he's a demon, except not anymore, and he burns his hands. It's cute. It's a cute bit of of stage business. Okay, okay. Did you not like that? No, the stage business was great. Burning yourself while cooking hurts. (laughs) It's hard to call it cute. That is true. Or rather, that's that's a weird adjective for you to choose. I just, I appreciate good stage business, and it is character-relevant It's smart, no, business. absolutely. It's it's smart, it's funny, cute, okay. I know, you got uh, you got burned by that, was it butter, or the, the, the meat It was thing? oil. Oil, I was yeah. heating oil to cook a steak, and then, in an act of hubris, flung it into the oil, which, of course, like burned me really bad like yeah it was it was scary that was a scary thing yeah i'm still scarred from it a little bit yeah 
I like I like my burn scars. My my hands look like Zuko. Little bit. Your hands look like movie Zuko. <laughs> there you go. Anyway, we go to a politician who's trying to write a speech. He's practicing his speech writing, and then a muse shows up, and it's this ghostly woman blorps into his office and belches into his face and he's inspired he's inspired to write a speech about how like we should sit down with our political opposition and come to a compromise so i guess she's the muse of centrism you're saying that so you don't feel bad about what happens to her but (laughs) honestly this guy aside this is a pretty death light episode of charmed you don't think about it that much but charmed has a pretty big body count and i think this guy's the only one spoiler alert for like five seconds from now this is the only guy who i think gets killed who's not a demon okay i'm gonna start paying attention to body count and charmed i, I was just thinking because last episode they that there was that guy who got unnecessarily fireballed just because the demon needed to prove how extra evil he was or when the source vaporized that old man in the bathroom for no reason yes yes i i, I do think i'm gonna start keeping a tally and i'm gonna keep a tally of who dies as far as innocence, demons, and then I'm going to have warlocks be their, a separate category, because even though the Charmed Ones have no compunction about just murdering warlocks, they are just normal humans. They are regular normal people. Granted, they're they, murderers, they kill witches. but yeah. Speaking of warlocks. Yeah, speaking of warlocks, a warlock uh, shimmers. Yeah, they shimmer. Or they blink. Warlocks usually blink, but I don't think this guy blinks. He, his, I, I think he shimmers, which I guess makes sense if you're like a powerful... I know it's not really been an established thing at all, but I've always just assumed that blinking is like the really low-level teleport for uh, demons or warlocks. Just because it's cheaper looking than shimmer? Yeah, it's cheaper looking. It's... I don't know. It, it feels like your entry-level teleportation, and then, you know, when you've been evil for a while and you've got, like, a thing, then you start getting the cool ones, like the flame out or, you know, shimmering. Everyone wants the flame out. Or, uh, oh, I don't think they ever top the Sears. I feel like it's called glistening. I don't know. I looked up, uh, I was looking up charmed teleportations not too long ago. Of course. But it might be glimmering, the thing the seer does, where she just kind of turns into a light outline of her face and then mm-hmm. and then just vanishes uh, it's such a cool effect i i like that charmed messes around with the teleportation it's not just everyone jump cuts or pulling from once upon a time you know does the smoke vanish <laughs> everyone everyone in once upon a time has the same teleportation the only thing that's different it's is different the colors color. yeah but uh, the warlock a warlock teleports into the room Sucks the muse into a dealy... A ring. The ring of inspiration. The ring of inspiration. Which, by the way, is the reason he can see the muse, because he has that ring. Yeah. And then fireballs the uh, politician. Well, he squeezes his head filled with fireballs. What? He grabs his head and he, like, sucks it in. Oh. Weird. Yeah, he, like, his... He, uh... Yeah, he blows up his head by, like holding his him by the ears and then his head like turns to fire fireball he fireballs his head away huh yeah is this one of those things where he's gonna not leave a body because there's just scorch marks or do you think there's gonna be a weird headless corpse in this politician's office i think there's not gonna be a body even though the way he dies there absolutely should be yeah i guess demons and warlocks usually if it's not like a stabby death they usually clean up like if you're if you're killing someone with your powers and not just by stabbing them, then honestly, that's very polite. I think it's probably an exposure thing, right? Oh yeah, you're right. I mean, that was a, again in early Buffy. That was a thing where they killed a demon and then they had to bury it because yeah. they're like, at least vampires are polite enough to just go poof. You don't have to worry about cleanup afterwards, right? <laughs> Anyway, we go to credits from there, and we come back from credits at the manor. Piper is on the phone with a client for P3, for a private party she's throwing at P3. For a private party she's preparing at P3. Mm-hmm. For a private party she's presently preparing at P3. I can I keep going. You can keep going. I won't, though. 
they chose a good letter for this sort of thing <laughs> but yeah also they're like they're doing like the theme and stuff they're planning the party okay so yeah the Sorry. Yes, she's yeah, presently but anyway. Yes, apparently they are venue hosts now as well as just having the venue. She's trying to throw together the party for Bev, this client, and Bev yeah. wants Bev. My mother died while naming me. <laughs> We're really going to a lot of 30 Rock stuff this episode. I don't know why this episode makes me think of 30 Rock. So, Bev wants a theme, and Piper's like, oh my god, she wants a party with a theme. Yes, Piper! All parties should have themes. I'm, I'm on Piper's side because she's just renting her the venue. This doesn't seem like it's her problem at all. But I, whatever. I don't think Piper knows what her job is, as previously discussed. As discussed ad nauseum, now that she's shifted to being a club owner, it's still the same thing. She is all things to all women, in this case. Yep. But Piper's like, so, you're still dating Cole even though he's a human now? What's that like? Yeah. Phoebe's like, I don't know, what did Cole tell you? Piper's like, nothing, but, you yeah, know. Yeah, because Piper and Cole are constantly talking. <laughs> but, you know, when a guy proposes to you and you turn him down, he's usually not thrilled about it. Yeah, like. I'm sorry, it's just so weird that Piper's like. Hey, Phoebe, how's your relationship with Cole going? And Phoebe's like, I don't know. Did Cole say something to you? Like, <laughs> Okay, so Phoebe, like, Piper's off to start planning the party or whatever. And Phoebe's like, hey, Piper, you need to be extra careful because according to Cole, factions are forming. Because as, as you promised, we hear about factions basically nonstop. Yeah, which, okay... And, and the factions are forming, and they're going to try and kill us, and Paige comes downstairs. and Hey, she's... what's the number one thing we know about Paige so far? She loves doing laundry. No. Oh. <laughs> I feel like she does a lot of laundry early on. Is it the lollipop thing? <laughs> oh, no. What's the... <laughs> no. What's the one thing about Paige that's absolutely 100% already been established at this point in the show? Oh, how much she loves art. Thank you. Yeah, Paige is an artist this episode. Expect this to stick around for the rest of the show. She's talking to Dex about art. You remember Dex? That guy that Phoebe marries when she's pretending to be her own cousin. Oh, God. So. I, it, it's great, though, because Paige comes downstairs and she's like, who's trying to kill us? And Piper's like, no one. And Paige is like, well, that's a change. She's got all of her art stuff, though. She's getting rid of it. She has no time to make her art now that she's fighting all of these demons. Plus being a social worker, although that doesn't really oh, yeah. come up this episode. She's episode. a social worker, too, right? She's got a lot going on. She's a social worker. She likes lollipops. Uh, she does laundry. She either does or does not speak in a baby voice. She, she occasionally speaks in a baby voice. She was into witchcraft before getting actually into witchcraft uh she used to be an alcoholic but they haven't brought that up yet really oh she, she's she... an orphan oh yeah she's an orphan too phoebe rushes Paige out the door and she as she's going she's like can you create a bunch of you know uh generic vanquishing potions for us because factions or whatever thanks bye and piper's flipping them off as they're running out of the building the building being the house where they live that was an odd way to phrase that but in an alley, the warlock that we saw steal the muse and another warlock run into a demon. Like, I feel like it's been a while since we've had a difference between warlocks and demons thing. So, this demon was in disguise. The warlocks bust him and they they almost kill him and then they realize that he's a demon and they they killed him when they thought he was just a dude. And then when they realize he's a demon, they're like, "Hey, demon, we're warlocks. We're on the same side." Wanna form a faction? It's factions all the way down. And the guy's like, yeah, I'm a demon. Why would I want to form a faction with warlocks? You guys are like the bottom feeders of the demonic world. Like, I'm a big deal. I'm a demon demon. And 
And one of the warlocks just energy balls him and he blows up and he's like, oh, no, if only I saw this coming. Ah. He steals the demon's powers because that's what demon, that's what warlocks do. I feel like that's what everyone does. I guess that's true. Because it, it always gets brought up as like, oh, this guy's specialty is stealing powers. Oh, this guy's specialty. They all steal powers. That's how warlocks and demons work. It's true. Which we, is even kinda... had, we even had power brokers. Yeah. Witches kind of get screwed over in this thing, right? Like, when demons kill witches, they get the witches' powers. When witches kill demons, they just get more demons. Hmm. I mean, I guess it would... I know the Charmed Ones end up basically invincible and able to do anything by the end of the show. But I guess it would kind of rob the show of some of the drama if they had all of the powers of the demons they had killed thus far. Yeah, I mean, the Charmed One's powers keep leveling up. It seems like their villains should, too. But that might be, uh, that might be overpowered. I mean, I feel like I've talked about this, honestly, other places. I'm not sure I've talked about it here. One of the things I do like about Charmed is that after a certain point, the Charmed Ones are actively more powerful than all of their big bads. You have talked about that here, yeah. Like, post-Cole, I know Zanku, the Avatars or whatever, but... Post Cole, the Charmed Ones kind of don't have any serious threats. Even with the whole Billy and Christy, the call is coming inside the house, big bads of the last season. Literally, the only reason they're threats is basically because they convince Wyatt to give them his powers. Yeah. So. Modern day horror really has focused lately on the horror that is parenthood, usually more specifically motherhood, but parenthood. Mm-hmm. Charmed was ahead of the curve, right? Because Wyatt is conceptually horrifying. Wyatt is conceptually horrifying, and basically the only thing that can harm them is their own children. Which is why it never makes any sense why Piper refuses to bind his powers, but that's its own Oh, we're going to get into that. So, the two warlocks kill the demon. The warlock who actually does the killing is like, wait, why are you in charge? And the one who just watched him kill is like, because I have the ring. And the ring can make me inspire you to be my minion instead of vice versa. Yeah, the ring gives him the power of doing long season seven Buffy style speeches. Yeah, because he took the muse of the politician. That was the politician's deal. So, now that's his deal. Yeah, and... I mean, it it works. I yeah. Th- I think I would like it a little more if there was a little magic. I mean, I guess there's some magic involved, but like that wasn't just the muses inspiring him, but there was actually a hypnotic quality to the we speeches. Do, we see we see the inspiration literally come out of the ring, though. Mm-hmm. So back at P three, Phoebe and Paige convince the nightmare corporate client who apparently is hiring them as party planners in addition to just owning a cl- anyway they convince her that the theme is 40s she's gonna do 1940s she looks like silent movie star veronica lake uh, i think she looks kind of like cheryl hines no that's what no i know that's what they say to convince her to but she does kind of look a little bit like cheryl hines she looks like cheryl hines with less personality yeah yeah or like uh Actually, I know she's too young for this, but she kind of looks like the Charlie's Angel who guest stars in the show later. The one who's like a demon who's married to their dad for one episode. Yeah. She has a she has a someone who used to be famous quality about her. I know Cheryl Hines is still famous. Yes, this woman is not, though. Uh, just to premonate the premonitions, mm-hmm. basically everyone on this episode is... Famous enough to have been in one episode of every procedural, but not enough that you know who they are. Yeah, this is a big episode for Hey, It's That Guys. Yeah. yeah. And girls. So Cole comes into P3 and he's like, hey. After Fe- Bev leaves. After Bev leaves. After Bev is like, huh, I do look like a young, hotter Veronica Lake. And Phoebe's like, yeah, that's not what I said, but okay. Bev leaves and Cole enters. And Cole's like, hey, Phoebe, stick your hand down my pants and you'll get a big surprise. And Phoebe's like, okay, I'll do that in front of my sister. And the surprise is a gun. Cole bought a gun because that's, I know. Fantastic. Fantastic. I just, 
what's he going to do with a gun? Which no one points out. No, no. Instead, Phoebe's like, how dare you buy a gun? And they're like, you know that you're more likely to accidentally kill a family member in your home with a gun than a demon, which I guess is probably true. I mean, it's true because demons are famously immune to guns. Remember when Andy shot the, uh, what were they, like, looker demons? The, the, the ones that suck out eyesight. He shot one of them, like, 40 times, and those weren't high-level demons. And it did nothing. So Is it weird that demons aren't weak to guns? I mean, I'm just thinking because Cole stabbed a demon to death. Yeah, but he week. is a demon. Presumably he had, like, demon powers when he did it. I, I guess we can just assume that athames or whatever have magic in them, so stabbing counts when bullets don't. Yeah. Could you bless a gun if you melted down a magical uh, sword or whatever and made bullets out Totally. Of it? You totally could. So... Phoebe takes the gun away from Cole and then calls Leo and is like, Leo, take this to Daryl and tell him to deal with it. Okay, so. What is Daryl going to do with that? What what is Daryl going to do with that? Why not just be like, hey, Leo, orb this into a volcano. I mean, I guess giving it to Daryl is an option. But like, I'm sure there's some sort of police buyback program or something that he can put it in. Hey, hey, sell this to Daryl and then use the money to buy uh, Piper a nice dinner for once. Wow. Leo doesn't buy clothes, right? Like he makes his clothes out of orbing. Yeah, he makes his clothes out of orbing. Hmm. So Leo has a little awkward moment where he like, He's holding the gun and Cole like gets all up in his face. And also, by the way, while this is happening, uh, the warlock who killed the shapeshifting demon is watching and he shapeshifts into Leo. He was watching them so that he could figure out who he could shapeshift into to infiltrate the charmed ones, which is why they were looking for the demon in the first place. They were like, hey, do you want to join our faction? Guy was like, no. They're like, "Okay, well, we'll just kill you and then use your powers to do the thing that we wanted to do, which was infiltrate the charmed ones. Leo lets the Charmed Ones know that muses are disappearing. Yeah, this is the thing that they have to deal with this week. Someone is stealing muses, and Paige is like, muses are real? And Piper's like, muses are real? That's you. That's what you sound like. <laughs> Phoebe points out the terrible thing. She's like, aren't muses invisible? How can how can demons be hunting uh, someone that's invisible? Clearly they have a way to see the muse. What a dumb question, Phoebe. So Phoebe decides that, well, her sisters encourage her to cast a spell to allow them to see things that are unseen. And she fumbles around trying to figure out a spell. And then a muse that we see, the muse of the charmed ones, inspires her with just the words she needs to say to cast a spell to be able to see the muse. And all I'm saying is... This woman is the one who's responsible for Phoebe's rhyme schemes. I would stay invisible. <laughs> Embarrassing. <laughs> Embarrassing. Exactly. So they make their muse visible and they're like, hey, do you have any idea who might be like kidnapping the other muses? And, uh, and she's like, basically anyone now that they can see me. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for putting a big bullseye on my back. But she tells them about the ring that lets people see muses and warlocks kidnap them and steal all of their inspiration. I don't want to be mean, and I don't think the thing that I'm about to say is strictly speaking mean. But the muse looks kind of like if someone cast a spell on a Claire's and turned it into a woman. Is that mean? (laughs) Yes! I mean, it's not like Claire's is... A negative thing. It's just she looks like a Claire's that someone put a spell on and turned it into a woman. She she's she looks fine. It's just she doesn't have the aesthetics I personally would ascribe scribe ascribe ascribe. I would ascribe to a muse. She doesn't look musy. She looks like she looks like an ant. Oh, that's. It's, that's different than what I was thinking. She has a girl next door quality is what I was thinking. Oh, I guess I'm think. I guess she looks older than that to me. 
Oh, no, like an older girl. Yeah, I guess it's just the fact that she feels comforting. I just, she feels like someone in a friend group that never, like, left their hometowny to me. Oh, she's the mom friend in your friend group. Oh, see, I wouldn't even say the mom friend. I'd say she's someone who's there in the friend group. Okay, I feel like your stuff is all so mean. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to be mean here. She just has real... Her. Her? Her? Yeah, she has her quality. There's nothing wrong with her. She's a she's a very pretty woman. She just seems like... Egg. Egg. She, yeah. She's your friend... Uh, like that SNL sketch. She's that bridesmaid you kind of remember was sort of like she was friends with your wife enough to be in the wedding party and be one of the bridesmaids, but you lost contact right after the wedding. She's your co-worker's wife whose name you can't quite remember. So Leo, she's, she... a, she's a mom that has a kid in your kid's school that you kind of recognize from bake sales. Okay, I'm done now. So Leo shows up. So Leo shows up. But Leo shows up. Yeah, he doesn't seem to have any idea what's actually going on. And when the Charmed Ones question him for less than one second, less than one second, they're like, oh, well, that's not Leo. Well, he, he walks up the stairs and they're like, Leo, why didn't you orb into the room? And he's like, I felt like walking. I'm Leo. I mean, to be fair, that's a dead on impression. <laughs> Then the real Leo shows up, and there is a brief scuffle. Yeah, Honestly, I like how I like how Cole runs into the room, and he's like, "Page behind you," because Leo's about to stab Page, fake Leo. And uh, Piper just blows the shit out of him. Now, Phoebe does get cut, and then Leo has to get Leo has to heal her, which I feel like definitely emasculates Cole. Like he's looking on, like, oh. Oh. I should have been able to stop this if I had. Or my... at the very least, I should have been able to heal her. Like he can't, he can't do anything for her now. Could Cole heal? No, but. Well, I mean, like he should have been Actually, able to fireball. Have. I don't know. Do we ever see evil people heal? We basically only saw evil people heal him once upon a time, for some reason. That was. I think we see an evil person heal once. I feel like I. I feel like seen a piece of trivia that was like this is the only time we see an evil person use a healing spell hmm. i mean i know cole went to evil therapy with the alchemist who like made him extra buff or whatever page does the thing that like after cole shouts his warning page does her delayed orb thing uh -huh. which she's been doing a lot of recently it's a pretty solid starter ability it's basically her orbing in place but it takes her extra long to reform Right, so things can travel through her arrows and spears and shit. Yeah, it's it's a good starter ability because it gets her out of danger and honestly kind of gets her out of fights for the majority of the action. We're going to see a little bit of her offense. God, it's so weird that Leo said that she'd never develop a defensive power. We see a little bit of her go-to thing, which is stealing someone's energy ball with her object orbing power later this episode. Mm -hmm. But... I do like that she's still kind of playing with the starter power set. This also feels like a kind of good place to bring this up, even though there's not really a natural, there's not really a natural place to bring this up over the course of talking about this episode. But you know whose presence isn't really felt in this episode at all? Whose? Prue. Oh. Prue's been a lingering presence for most of the first part of this season and i feel that like this is the first episode where we don't really feel her absence the way we have been yeah i can i can see that there's always been Paige comparing herself to prue or piper you know going into prue's room and hugging a jacket of hers there's been the specter of prue and i feel like this is the first episode that really even even last episode when you know phoebe was talking to the woman whose husband or fiance or whatever was killed by cole when he was full demon mm -hmm. even then she has the conversation where it's like have you ever lost someone to evil yeah but this episode is prueless basically interesting yeah i see that huh i mean it, it doesn't really change anything but it it just it feels like this is a good 
not good, but this is a step into the status quo where Prue is still occasionally, like, she's still there. She's still mentioned throughout the rest of the show, but she's not the imposing figure that needs to be in every episode, even though she's not there anymore. Well, I mean, that goes with what she said at the beginning of the episode about how this is the episode that's going to kind of set the tone for what post-Prue episodes will feel like. Yeah. There is a vaguely mythological creature. It's being attacked by evil. We have to stop it. Optional, not used in this episode. One of the girls becomes that thing. Yeah. So everyone's trying to figure out what to do, you know, to deal with the threat. And everyone's inspired because I guess now that the muse is visible, her powers are stronger. Yeah, now that she's physically there, they're all being affected. And Phoebe's like, oh, I'm inspired to write a vanquishing spell. I have to get all of this out. And... Paige is going to start drawing again. She can't believe she was going to throw her stuff away. And the girls are acting just very, very energetic and inspired. And Cole and Leo are like, women, am I right? Well, Paige is going to paint a picture of the warlock so that they'll have an easier time finding him. Sure. Okay, Paige. Yeah. Whatever. Not to go back to our Once Upon a Time podcast again, but it was like Hook's whole like... I'm a pirate, so I know stuff about maps or whatever. This is a skill I probably have, right? Yes. Paige is like, I'm an artsy person. I can do art, right? So Cole has a little temper tantrum about how all he wants to do is help out. And, you know, he uh, he, he needs something to do. She needs to hit him with some muse mojo and I don't know, whatever. And, and Phoebe, Phoebe pulls him to the side and she's like, Cole, you're used to being the bronze, but now you have to be the brain. You have to help us in other ways, other, less tangibly useful ways. I mean, to be fair, he still has a lot more information than they do. He can still do that. They get in this really, I feel bad for Cole here, because everyone is, like, he's being a little bit of a dick, Mm -hmm. but everyone's like... Phoebe's like, he can't, because he, he wants to go down into the underworld and... Get information. Get information. And, and Phoebe's like, he can't do that. He's a little breakable wuss baby. Like, if a kitten sneezes at him, he'll blow up. And Paige is like, well, just because he's a little wuss baby made out of glass crybaby kitten face doesn't mean that we can't use him. <laughs> and, and Leo's like, guys, you have to be sensitive. Cole can hear you with his wussy little baby ears. Oh, they're like, he's not even a demon anymore. He's not even half demon anymore. He has to, like, walk places. Leo points out that their tempers are all running high, that emotions run high around muses because they put you into a creative fervor, and that means that everyone's running, you know, a little Hot. hot. Which, okay, I mean... I've heard worse conceits. It doesn't really affect the rest of the episode that much. I I like, no, no, I like that muses make passions run. Mm. So Piper is making all of the vanquishing and other things potions. She's doing just, I do like this is a thing that carries through the rest of the show, that they just have different potions that do different offensive things on hand. Mm Mm-hmm. Like one of them, why do they just have Cole carry around potions all the time? That's kind of what they do with Billy later. I, I feel like if you have a human love interest that you want to protect. Ah. Okay, there yeah, There we go. But Piper starts grilling Cole about his relationship with Phoebe. And Cole's like, look, I don't really care about you or Paige. I've been pretty upfront that I'm only interested in Phoebe. Like, our relationship is none of your business. And Leo's like, oh, you don't know women very well, do you? Or sisters, I guess. You don't know sisters very well, do you? Ugh. And Piper Piper gets on him about how... Oh, it's the worst. She has a whole speech. He doesn't understand everything that Phoebe has gone through. And so, of course, she reacted poorly when he proposed. Okay, I I said that the specter of Prue isn't really felt in this episode. It does come up a little bit here. 
there's this whole speech Piper gives about how Phoebe was a free spirit because she was the youngest and you know then magic forced responsibility on her and suddenly she's the middle sister and now she has this new role that she wasn't prepared for and Cole proposing to her on top of all of that was just too much and the reason that she's not willing to move forward with the relationship is because she's afraid of losing her independence okay whatever Colt pulls Leo aside because he has a plan. He's going to go down to hell and get the demons all riled up about the fact that there are warlocks up on the surface killing demons, even though the charmed one said to stay in the car. Yeah, and he, he talks, he talks Leo into it. And Leo's like, oh, Piper's going to kill me when she finds out that I'm actually doing this. And Cole's like, yeah. But I'm offering you the slightest hint of male friendship. And Leo's like, I'll do whatever you say. Leo is very starved for dude time. Yeah. We get a shot of the girls with their muse. And mostly I feel like this conversation is to establish, as the muse tells us, that they're the ones doing the actual work. She's just getting the juices flowing. So in case you wanted to later come to an episode and be like, oh, the girls can't even write spells. The muses do it for them. You know, no, no, they do it. The muses just inspire. Yeah, they're the girls are the fire and the muse is just the gasoline that gets thrown on it. That's apt. There you go. I guess oxygen that feeds the fire would be a better sure. thing. I mean, I was thinking they were the kindling. I, I actually, you know what? I actually like gasoline thrown on the fire the best. But yeah, blah, blah, blah. She's explaining what a, a muse is. Piper comes upstairs with the potions and uh, Phoebe's like, oh, yes, I was inspired to write this whole sonnet of death. And she and she hands out like copies of it to Piper and Paige. And Paige has drawn a super realistic portrait of the actor who's the warlock who's doing all the stuff this episode. This is this is an interesting thing. I'm I'm not sure how much this carries through to the rest of the show. Paige says that since she has such a clear image of the ring that is letting this guy steal muses, mm -hmm. since she has such a clear visual on it, she can orbit to her. Okay. I mean, I'm okay with that. It feels like her orb powers should extend beyond her line of sight. Yeah, it's it's just, it's interesting to me that her power isn't limited by distance so much as familiarity. Yeah, I actually really like that as an explanation for her powers. So she orbs the ring. Phoebe calls for Cole to come up and give them a hand and realizes he's missing since he and Leo have gone down to hell to try to summon demon cops to go after the warlocks okay cole wait an arc doesn't cole know that snitches get stitches so a guy sees the two of them crouching behind a rock and he leans down he's like hey dudes what you doing crouching behind rocks in the underworld that's not a suspicious thing to do oh hey it's belthazar and cole's like yeah it's me belthazar and the guy's like i feel like i heard something about you like you got vanquished or you got something and cole's like hey come here i'll whisper it into your ear stabbing time and he goes all stabbing tin bears on the demon who then explodes because okay i guess so why aren't guns effective against demons that was a demon knife that he stabbed him with well then he should hold on to that demon knife <laughs> anyway leo's like it's harder to kill now that you're human isn't it i hope otherwise i might have to raise all sorts of questions about what i believe about what is good and what is evil and what is human and demon i don't know yeah because he has the whole like it's harder to kill when you're human and cole's like eh. Eh. shouldn't it be easier to kill a demon when you're human because you're like natural predators in a way you're not when you're demon and demon mm. i was thinking more like what does it say about you and the charmed ones that you're so bloodthirsty for demons if there's supposed to be a moral, you know, downside to murder, even if it's someone evil? Although, yeah. Although the point that Leo brings up but isn't really the thrust of it, because he, he says it's harder to kill when you're human, but before that he has the little thing about, like, you seem like you knew him. Were you friends? And Cole's like... We were. 
He's like, we were as much friends as you can be if you're both demons. And then Leo says the killing's harder when you're human. Which, nah, nah, nah. So the warlock guy is using his speechifying powers because he's trying to get another warlock to go after the charmed ones. Yeah, he's the ring gets orbed away from him by Paige. Her it works apparently, and the warlock that he was showing the powers to, he's still able to use them enough to be like, "Hey, help me kill the charmed ones," and then we can profit. Or it'll prove that our faction can faction yeah. faction 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 question mark profit yeah because he's like i need to get my ring back you should come back with me so you know you can help me take on the charmed ones and the guy's like no and he's like what if i said the same thing again but using muse power oh okay yeah sure i'll go get blown up by the charmed ones so here's the thing He's right. He tells the guy, the Charmed Ones are expecting me, but not two people, so if we both go, we will be able to take them out. And that works. The Charmed Ones vanquish the guy that he convinced, but then when he shows up, they're off guard, he gets the ring back, he sucks their muse up, and... Piper, did you forget that you have, like, powers? You can freeze time, it's one of your things. Apparently. So anyway, he steals their... They, they just kind of sit there and let the... They're like, oh, we already vanquished one guy. We weren't expecting two guys. Why would you... What? what? That seems like the perfect moment to freeze time. Yeah. Yep. Anyway, the muses are all gone now. And the girls are in the attic, totally uninspired. And not just uninspired, but like sugar crashing from the inspiration they had before. Mm. When Leo and Cole show up and are like, hey... We really should have been in our post so that that didn't happen, I guess. But really, the person best equipped to stop it would have been Piper with her freezing powers, as Max pointed out. And or her blowing people up by pointing at them powers. Yeah. Also, calling for the ring isn't working anymore. They have so thoroughly given up at this point. Like, this is not a situation... I mean, I guess, like you said, they're crashing from, like, the Muse inspiration. Mm -hmm. But Paige is like, well, I guess there's nothing left to do but wait for demons to kill us because now that we don't have the Muses anymore, we're dead meat. We're, we're goners. Uh, uh, uh. Uh. Cole and Leo are both trying to inspire them, and I like that Leo's inspiration is like, you're the charmed ones, you can do it. And Coles is like, factions are rising! We need to go wipe them out! Okay, was faction, like, his word of the day word or something? Says, like, on his word of day calendar? Yeah. Uh. But uh, Cole is yelling at Phoebe, and Phoebe's like, stop yelling at me, why are you yelling at me? And Cole's like, my goal is to keep you alive. It was my goal when I was half-demon, it was my goal when I was, when, now that I'm all human... I don't have the resources I used to have. Like, literally, I don't want you to die. I would remind Cole that he used to have resources and he couldn't kill the Charmed Ones. They managed to evade it pretty well. Maybe he needs to calm down and not be worried about Phoebe. Yeah. I mean, I know all of the Charmed Ones die an equal amount or whatever, but I really feel like all of the demons should be focusing on killing Phoebe all of the time. Oh. <laughs> I'm just saying, if you want to break the power of three, there's the weak link right there. Poor Phoebe. I mean, she's... Until she gets her empathy, Phoebe's kind of the least able to defend her... I know, kickboxing, but... <laughs> but wait, she's got kickboxing! No, it's true. It's just that Phoebe also seems strangely equipped to defend herself mm. even though she doesn't have an active power i think it's that evil so she and cole make up and then they start kissing and leo points out look this is this is the source of inspiration getting horny it's true the uh, as futurama has taught us all of man's endeavors throughout history have been the result of trying to get laid. Exactly. 
So, Phoebe somehow rallies the troops. Yeah, because... Being horny for Cole has given her enough inspiration that she can get Piper and Paige to get excited about fighting evil. Yeah, this this whole thing feels just really weird and contrived and unnecessary, but she's like, hey, girls, we might not have our muse anymore, but that's no reason to give up and just let demons kill us. And Piper's like, oh, yeah, that's a good point. Let's 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 go kill some demons or whatever. Down in the underworld, down, I guess. I feel like the underworld probably should exist. I, I don't some... think this is an underworld, though. I think this is like an under alley because these are all warlocks. Mm. So I think it's just a shady alley. So the main warlock bad guy of the episode is giving a rousing speech about how they can all uh, they can all kill all of the charmed ones and take over the underworld and it's warlock's time to rise and he does blink i'm sorry i was wrong about that mm. everyone is super inspired by his speech and they all blink out including him and now he has an army of uh warlocks so that's probably bad news bears yes so i mean i know we're not really sweating demons at this point but are, are we sweating warlocks at all i mean i would think no right i, I don't well Unless apparently they come at you two at a time. But like, I know functionally there isn't much difference between warlocks and demons, but it feels like warlocks were really the starter villains of Charmed. Yeah, they absolutely were. So Cole's talking up the new warlock guy because he's like, look, this dude's been killing demons to get demon powers. So a, a warlock could be kill trying to kill you with demon powers. How are you going to fight someone who has demon powers? Oh, what, 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 Cole. what? Cole, even Piper, Piper's like, we have potions, we have spells. I can blow people up by pointing at them. We have the power of three. And Phoebe's like, you know what, Cole? I think you're going to ride this one out. Yeah, she, she puts both hands on his face and she's like, hey, Cole, you need to not be here when all the fireballs start flying because you're, you know, a weak, vulnerable man baby now. Or baby man. A wee porcelain glass doll. So, yeah. The Charmed Ones teleport themselves. This, this isn't the first time we've seen them teleport themselves, is it? No, we've definitely seen this before. They use a teleport spell to transport them to where the muses are. So where, where they are trapped in the ring. And they end up, conveniently, at one of the other sets that already exists. Yep, they're at P3, where everyone is having a jolly good time pretending that World War II is happening. Yep. I'm sorry, a USO World War II-themed party seems... It was a thing. Ugh, seems grim to me, but... Also disrespectful to all the people who died in World War II, but... Yeah, yeah. Whatever. So, the Charmed Ones can just kind of teleport whenever they want now, huh? Well, like, it took a spell. Yeah, but like, you, you just, you say a rhyming couplet and you can just teleport out of wherever. That makes Leo pretty, I mean, not useless. I don't want to say useless, but it eliminates a lot of his power. Yeah, I mean, Leo is basically the magic school bus. So back at the manor, Leo and Cole are all worried about the girls, and Cole's like, how do you deal with the being worried 24-7? And Leo's like, I just am, and also you need to be quiet because I'm listening for them to call for help. Yeah, Leo's like, look, I know this is new territory for you, not being an active participant in the fight, but we are support. Our role is also important. Notice, well, mine more than yours, obviously, <laughs> because I'm, you know... A, I am the taxi that brings everyone everywhere except for this one time, and B, I stop them from dying, you know, if they call me when they're injured, which is why I need to fucking concentrate. Cole is not letting him concentrate, though. Cole is talking about, wait for it, rising factions. Oh my god, dude. Did the Faction Council pay you or something for this episode? This episode of Charmed was supported by the Faction Council. But and yeah. support from viewers like you. But Leo's point 
to Cole is that he has shifted into a different position in Phoebe's life that he needs to embrace being more support and less, I don't know, attack defense. Like he needs to settle into this new role. If he wants to stay a part of Phoebe's life, Phoebe is making an adjustment into a new role herself. Cole needs to follow suit. Also Cole needs to shut up. So if they need Leo's healing, he can hear them. So assuming they're not shrunken or whatever. (laughs) So at the forties themed party, the girls bump into Beverly, who's dressed like Veronica Lake, and there's like a flash of light, and she well tells them she's like, "Oh, you even have special strobe effects." Yep, I love the fireworks. When they when they bump into Bev, uh, Piper throws a uh, it's like a blinding potion. It's a fla- It's basically it's basically a magical flashbang mm-hmm. because if the warlocks are blinded, they can't blink. Which we've seen that before. I feel like, yeah. Okay, I, and I buy it. I, I feel like that's yeah. And after Bev is like, oh yeah, strobe. It's cute. Uh, Piper's like, oh wait, I can just do actual strobe lights, and it will stop them from being able to blink. It'll serve the same purpose, and I won't accidentally blow up one of my clients. It just annoys me that Beverly had to remind her to use her powers, like. Until she thought of the strobe lights, until Beverly was like, oh, it's a strobe light. The idea of freezing the room had just not occurred to her. She's like, I can freeze all of the innocents. Piper, you could have frozen everyone immediately. But they're going to turn on the strobe lights. She's going to freeze the innocents. And then anyone that's moving is a warlock. I just, it annoys me that the idea came to her. In a very roundabout way, but had to come to her from bumping into her client. So, Piper freezes all of the innocents, uh, and, uh-oh, Melody's here. She's not in the ring or whatever. She's out and about, and she's being held by the warlocks. That's not suspicious at all. It's not like... We established a shape-shifting thing earlier this episode or whatever. hmm So, Piper and... Piper, with her exploding power, and uh, the other two sisters with potions, take out a bunch of the warlocks, and then Piper just stops, and she's like, hey... She, she stops the strobe, and she's like, hey, warlocks who don't want to die, you can just leave. And they do. Yeah, this is also the beginning of... The Charmed One's not really taking their job seriously. I mean, as as we, we have mentioned before, warlocks are literally just people. So, I think if you think about them in those terms, it would make sense that Piper would be like, hey, let's not just murder everyone. So, Melody goes with them out into the alleyway now that all of the other warlocks have wiped away. But as you pointed out, one of the warlocks can shapeshift. He does so. He tries to kill Phoebe. Cole runs up and yanks the Ring of Inspiration off his finger. Yes, because it's our original warlock, the one who has the Ring of Inspiration. Cole just, like, took him out with brute strength. Well, Cole, Cole rips the uh, ring off his finger, and then the guy power shoves him into a dumpster, and then the Charmed Ones vanquish him with Phoebe's super fresh rhymes. I just, I feel like he shouldn't have been even able to to take him out, to, to get close enough to him to get the ring. I guess he's a warlock, not a demon. Cole's just lucky the guy didn't energy bolt him or do that face-melting thing he did to the politician earlier. He just power shoved him into a dumpster. <laughs> Anyway, uh, so the guy explodes. Phoebe pulls her boyfriend out of the dumpster. They get the muse out of the ring, and, you know, all's well that ends well. The muse is like, hey, hey, don't forget. Make me invisible to you again. (laughs) My job is done. I'm not going anywhere, but you don't need to look at or talk to me anymore. Please no longer acknowledge my existence. I am only paid for this episode. So, they say the spell that makes Melody invisible again, and then they just act like she's gone. 
even though she's presumably still standing there invisibly in the alley. But Paige says that she's been inspired to keep painting, so she's going to go home and do more art or whatever. Yay. Art. Yeah, it's her trait. It's been established already. She's an artist. Then we get a closing shot of San Francisco. A closing establishing shot of San Francisco. This one's San Francisco at night. I feel like we still haven't, like, it, it's been a while since we've had the two million years of establishing shots of San Francisco at the beginning of an episode. I mean, I stopped counting them, but I guess none has been long enough to inspire me to count again. So Paige is painting. She set up a bunch of candles, and Piper and Leo are eating sexy food sexfully in the sex kitchen. They've been inspired to be horny by the muses, right? Yeah. And then... Phoebe's dressed like a ghost or something and she's coming after Cole. Like, I think I think she's supposed to be dressed for the USO party. Yeah. Because he's changed into an old-timey army outfit. But nobody else is there, to be clear. Yeah, and she's... I think it, it's, it's supposed to be like an old-timey outfit, but it reads more Victorian ghost than... 1940s lady but like sexy victorian ghost they like yeah it's like a sexy version of that lady from ghosts then they dance together so that we know that cole no longer desires to be a demon he instead wants to be a soldier from the 1940s about to go off to war and leave phoebe behind yeah don't let leo see you dressed like that he'll probably get mad leo died in a uniform like that yeah that's a good point and that does it for this episode. Like, it's not a terrible episode of Charmed or anything. It's It was harder to talk about because it's just it just kind of happens when you're watching it. It's fine. It's fine. There's nothing wrong with this episode. What do we got next week? Ooh, the next episode is a page from the past. Leo takes Paige back in time to deal with guilt about her parents' death. I didn't realize that came so quickly. Huh. Okay. It's it's good to have a solid Paige character episode. As we kind of touched on this episode, Paige has been a little all over the map characterization-wise. I mean, is my memory of the premonition in a page from the past correct? What's your memory of it? Her dad's not John Hamm, if that's what you're thinking. That is what I was thinking. I didn't want to give it away if I was right. Okay. No, Agent Guy Who Hates the Avatar's Dead was John Hamm. Oh, okay. All right. Well, then, next week's premonition won't make up for this week's lack of. Hey, Max. Yeah? Do we have segments? We do have segments. Much like the Charmed Ones, we have our own power of three. The first power in our pack is premonitions. Who in this episode is, was, or will become famous? No one. Nope, no one. I mean, you'll recognize the actors from other stuff. There's a lot of bit parts on crime shows, but, like, not nothing standout-ish. So that'll take us to the second segment, uh, Time Freeze. What specifically dated this episode? Okay, I feel like USO parties were huge in, like, the late 90s, early 2000s. Okay, That's I... even the theme of the DAR party that Rory Gilmore throws in Gilmore Girls. Okay, I had nothing, so I'll 100% take that. Mm-hmm. Now, we'll take us to our final segment, Telekinesis. What, if anything, genuinely moved you this episode? I, 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 didn't, I didn't feel any strong emotions this episode, because I feel like the monologue where I should have felt strong emotions is when we're talking about why Phoebe is the way she is, but honestly, aren't we just tired of the way Phoebe is? Yes. And I feel like the moment that really should have landed was Leo's it feels different to kill now that you're human. But, eh. Eh. I mean, maybe use that when you actually have a dead body. But when you stab a demon who instantly vaporizes, it doesn't, doesn't, doesn't feel the same, Leo. It doesn't, it doesn't land the same. It doesn't really have the zing do it. No. Yeah, so, God, we're pretty powerless uh, this, this week. 
Not a lot of powers in that pack. But, you know, the opposite, I didn't have astral projection. There was nothing in this episode that was so terrible that it made me want to leave my body. Yeah, so. and we didn't have molecular combustion. There was no continuity so bad it blew up in our faces. Yeah, so, you know, it was fine. It was fine. Fine is exactly how it was. So I think that'll do it for this week. Mm-hmm. Our show is partially listener-supported. If you want to be one of the supporters, you should head over to our website, www.welcometotelevision.net, and click on our Patreon link. We also like to thank our current $5 and above patrons, Beryl, Patricia, Rosa, Ryan, Maracruz, Benjamin, Kate, Jen, and Dan. If you'd like to support the show in other ways, you could always rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps other people find the show. If you want to talk about this episode or any episode of any television show, you can tweet at us at I Love TV Zines or email us at I Love Television Zines at gmail.com. So until next time, I'm Max. And I'm Tina. And this has been Welcome to the Hollowell Manor. 